0: Welcome back to Bible Love. We are in the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. So Lent is off to a start. I hope that whatever Lenten practices you're taking on or whatever Lenten fast you're giving up are beneficial for you. And so as we record these through Lent, we thought we'd do the colics for those days. So this is the colic appointed for today. The Lord be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: Let us pray. Direct us, O Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favor and further us with your continual help that in all our works begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name and finally, by your mercy, obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
1: Amen. Before we get started thinking about Lent, do you have a practice you're taking on or something you're giving up? What are you doing?
0: Um, I no, I don't. I so we're recording this on Monday. I guess I have like it two days, two
1: more days to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I do um, occasional day long fasting, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm I'm doing that on Wednesday. So when this comes out, I will have eaten again. To be
1: hungry,
0: uh, yeah, I'll be hungry, and I do that for spiritual purposes, for physical purposes, lots of reasons. Fast are a good thing, I commend yeah. them,
1: yes, they are.
0: Um, and I'll probably do that a couple other times during Lent. I so my Ash Wednesday sermon last year, um, I titled it I Hate Lent.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, remember it. You know, i've
0: remember i shared some of this right like my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer on ash wednesday and he died three weeks later and i used to take lint really seriously i used to give up meat i used to do all this stuff and right when you're driving back and forth from houston to fort worth a couple times a week for three weeks um sometimes you got to stop at 7 11 and buy yeah yeah and, for and
1: sure
0: I, I decided at that point right um Lent and spiritual practice are supposed to be helpful and fruitful. They're not supposed to be... Um,
1: totally over. agree.
0: Yeah. And so I don't, right? Like we have... Um, this is a plug. If you go to St. Martin's website, I'll link to it. We have a um, daily devotional. I think Mary Balfour contributed to that again. I
1: did. Week. I did.
0: Uh, so I'll be reading that. Um, I try to take on scripture reading, but I don't do... I'm not really too big on like giving up food and stuff. Like for the yeah. whole, time. to me, for some people it's been helpful. For me in the past, it's been helpful, but I look at different things now. That I'm yeah, random.
1: I had that discussion with my youth group last night, and they were all like, "Well, I'm going to give up this or that," and I said, "Well, if you give those things up, that's great, but does it grow you closer to God? Because that's the point, right?" you can give up Instagram for, and, and, and maybe it'll grow you closer to God because you're spending more time in prayer. But I, I really, and really since I've been a priest, have moved more towards taking things on. So I've got two things, and one of which I did last year, so you'll probably remember this. Maybe you won't, but I take on taking a nap every day in Lent, and that may seem really silly. But as we talk about so often, Alan and I are busy. We're taking care of a lot of people. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't do God's work. So I will be taking a nap every day in Lent. And it's just, it meant so much to me last year. And I felt so much more energized and being out and doing God's work. And so I'm going to do that. And then this year, we have a parishioner who approached me about doing the Stations of the Cross on Friday nights in Lent and walking the stations. And so um, I'm not going to be able to be there for everyone, but I'm going to try to be there for as many as I can. And maybe we can link something about the Stations of the Cross as well. Just a great way to like really internalize what happened to Jesus in the last moments, last days of his life, um, which is what we're doing, right, is preparing ourselves for what jesus gave us which was his life um so those are my two things so um alan i I emailed you early this morning because i was thinking about like what psalm we wanted to talk about because we're still in the psalms and we've talked about um the daily office often if you're not an episcopalian you can go look this up in the book of common prayer and there are lots of prayers um in scripture to sort of get you through the entire day, intentional times of spending time with God. One that I do every morning is called Daily Devotions for Individuals and Families. It's on page 137 of the Book of Common Prayer. I have it memorized uh, because I do it every day. Um, and the psalm for that is Psalm 51. It's not the whole psalm, but I'm going to read just what's in the Book of Common Prayer for us. So open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Pass me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Give me the joy of your saving health. Again and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So, one of the things I love about this psalm is it feels like a new day every day. Open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. So, Lord, help me think about how I can focus on you. Today, creating me a clean heart. So, the day before, a million people might have annoyed you, you're frustrated, you know, all of that, and renew a right spirit within me. So, asking God to let go of all that that happened the day before and give me a clean heart. What do you have any thoughts about those two before we keep going?
0: Yeah. um, You know, those that's the part that. Yeah, morning devotions for family every Sunday, and if you don 't Ash Wednesday immediately after the imposition of ashes we we read chant or sing psalm fifty one and, right. and we about the whole thing right uh, the morning devotions picks out the highlights the you,
1: highlights
0: yeah, but you know i you know when the the offering and everything 's coming up um, after the table 's been set every Sunday at church. I kind of race over to an acolyte who has some water and a little bowl, and they pour water over my hand and I say out loud, create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's a practice I picked up. And you know, I'm about to do some I don't know what happens at the table. Um, but but somehow God works through through us to to enable something to happen. And so that's a reminder to me. That like, I want to be in the right place because yeah. leading worship, there's a lot going on and we're making sure acolytes are doing the right thing. We're making sure all of that. When I get up to that table, I want to make sure my heart's in the right place. Yeah, and so that's totally. what I say. And, and there's something with the Psalms and we can talk about this. We'll talk about it during Lent. I'm sure Psalm 22, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right. Uh, maybe Maybe in Holy Week, we can talk about that one because Jesus said those words from the cross. Everyone around who heard that they filled in the blanks, and they knew the rest of the psalm. It was a marker that let them know the whole deal. And so for me, it's kind of the, that one line of Psalm 51. When I say, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me, in my mind, um, and hopefully in my spirit, the, the totality of Psalm 51 um, is there. You know, walk yeah. through and through from my wickedness, cleanse me from my sins. I mean, all of that stuff. Um, so that, you know, it's something that happens. It's, it's a big part of my spiritual practice. Is
1: Well, and I think that is so beautiful. It makes so much sense because when we're coming to the altar, to the table for Eucharist, you know, I don't like punch a card and ask people. But in my mind, my assumption is if you are taking Eucharist, then you are searching for that, that clean heart, that be a follower of Jesus in every way. Because you are taking the body and blood of Jesus. So I love that. I might take that practice up too. Um, I love that. And, and asking God for that clean heart every single day feels really important to me. Um, because we're human, right? And we just like take on stuff. I mean, I, do it every day. I had the parishioners come up to me yesterday. This is bothering me. That is bothering me. And I was like, ask God to give you a clean heart. Like, is this worth going to the table for, or dying in the ditch for, or is it worth asking God just to give you a clean heart in that? So I think just those words are so powerful. So, so, so powerful. Um, the next line, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy spirit from me. Again, like such a great line and such a powerful piece of, keep me in your presence, Lord, but also take not your Holy Spirit from me. So often for me, the Holy Spirit is those wonders that we see in the day um, where we're like, I don't know where that came from. You talked about the Eucharist a little bit while like a while ago. I mean, yes, we are ordained as God's instruments in the church, but Really, I don't know what happens up there. You know, the Holy Spirit overtakes me um, when we're reading the Offertory or seeing the Offertory. There's not a Sunday that doesn't go by that I don't just raise my hands. And that's not me putting a show on. That's just the Holy Spirit lifting my hands up and praising God. And so the Holy Spirit, that presence of that needs to be within me. I can't work without, I can only, I can't do with it, I can't just do God and Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit there too. Again, I don't know how it all works and I'm comfortable with that, but I think that line of, please Holy Spirit be with me, you know, feels really important. What about you?
0: Yeah. um, You know, I think about that. You know, there's the question, uh, can we ever lose the Holy Spirit? You know, that's been something that's, that's been debated and there's scripture that talks about that, that you can't write. Like if you're baptized, you're baptized. That's it. But kind of that, that re-energizing, um, you know, it goes on, give me the joy of your saving help again, right? Like some days we don't feel it. That doesn't mean faith isn't present, right? That doesn't, right. you know, we don't lose salvation, but sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes we feel far from God. It doesn't mean God's far from us, but feelings are, are legitimate right and so we can only comprehend through our feelings and so i think about that like it's a reminder to us about the reality of god almost as maybe more than like begging god please don't leave it's a reminder to me that god's not leaving and i think about right um so if you're paying attention. It's on news networks now and stuff. Asbury um, yeah. College in Kentucky, right? They've been having like a two-week-long revival going on where these are college kids, right? And they went to chapel one day, and they basically haven't stopped. There's been uh people from around the world have shown up. It's been singing and prayers and, and preaching and, and all of this. And it's, you know, other people can debate what it is, but these are college kids that are hanging out. I'm doing things for the glory of God. And so I'm going to call that revival. And you can argue with me later on if you want. No,
1: I I have have no argument there.
0: There's other college campuses that this is going to. And right, like people can get caught up in emotions and feelings. And I get all of that. But, I mean, this is the joy of God saving help. This is, you know, the Holy Spirit at work, right? Absolutely. I wasn't hanging out in chapel when I was in college.
1: No, me either.
0: And so I think about that, like what is it that that compels some people at some times to have a different experience of of the presence of the nearness of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit?
1: Yeah, and that holy Spirit, man, that's just the unexplainable, right? It's the part where we can't like we can't figure it out. we don't know, and I just believe that that the holy Spirit is is right there and all of that. Um, so the next line, and this is my favorite line, I think, give me the joy of your saving help again. So I love that word joy, but I think what it does is it balances even in our pain and even in our suffering, that the joy of God is there. So I've told Alan about this and I, I think I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm not sure. Um, we have a grief group going on right now at Church of the Resurrection, which has just been incredibly powerful. Um, I tell them every week, like, I feel so honored to just be in this room and they don't want to be there, right? Like they, they don't want to be talking about the, the, they, first of all, they don't want to be dealing with the death of a loved one. They don't want to be talking about the pain and, and who can blame them in any of that? But I also see, and one of the things that the the curriculum that we're using talks a lot about is, no, God does not do this to you. You know, your father dying of cancer, you know, whatever um, the circumstance may be. But can you find that little bit of joy that's in there? And it may take many, many, many years to make that happen. But God's presence with you in this pain walking in this room together, you know, sitting in the pain together, other people being there, the vulnerability of opening yourself up. So give me the joy of your saving help again, even though it may feel like contradictory joy and I'm um, suffering in the same sentence. I think that's how God works.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's this idea that, that, I think it originates in like Eastern Christianity, but that's where I've heard about it most is orthodoxy. It's the idea of bright sadness. And it's something um, that has kind of carried me through since, you know, Lent 2017 mm-hmm. when all this changed for me is this idea that, yeah, life sucks and we can be sad and we can grieve and we can be angry and we can hate life. Like all of it. God's still good. There's still joy in that, right? Like I, you know, that lent my sisters and I went with my mom to the funeral home a couple of times and we laughed because we were together and we were remembering good times. And so we were doing the hardest thing we've ever done, but there's joy in that. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how, like, it's a weird thing. Like the funeral director was like, she was tripping out but me and my sisters were just like cracking joke and doing all this. But like, we don't grieve as others grieve. We say no. that at a funeral. I mean, that's that doesn't make Christian grief, un, or that doesn't make grief unChristian. Um, if we're sad and sorrowful, but but we know the end of the story, and we know the joy of God saving help.
1: Absolutely, we had that very same experience when my mother all died in October. I mean, as much grief as there is, that we had a lot of laughing and a lot of joy in that, and I just know that was God putting that stuff on our hearts, and the same for you and your sisters and your mom, like. There's got to be some joy in all of it. And it may feel like it'll never get there. And I get that too. I get that too. Um, But I think if you can find those little moments, I think that's what this is all about. And then the very last line before the glory to the father is sustain me with your bountiful spirit. So again, that spirit, but that word bountiful, that really stands out to me because this is again, something we can't explain But God is so much bigger than us, so much bigger than we could ever understand. And that bounty of God's love is so huge and so beloved and so enduring. And I just love that word bountiful because it'll never run out. God's love will never, ever run out, even in the midst of us feeling like crap or suffering or whatever it may be. That bountiful love will never end. And then I don't know and I'm sure I should know but I don't know. When we do these psalms so often we do the glory to the father and to the son and to the Do you know do you know anything about that cuz I don't really know. But I know other than we're praying to God to God to Jesus to the Holy Spirit um to be a part and maybe I'm I'm sure there's like some book of common prayer expert that can tell us, but when you do the daily office, and I think this is for all the daily office, whenever you say a Psalm, you begin with glory to the father and to the son and to the Holy spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. And then when you end a Psalm, you do that again. So sort of like giving, and I'm sure my dad or something will call me and be like, oh, why didn't you learn that in seminary? Um, but Alan says he doesn't know either, Daddy. Um, so, but you, it, it, we're inviting, my guess is we're inviting God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit before we say the psalm and after we say the psalm. And I'm talking like y'all can see me, but I've got like these two, two lines here to it, and, and the psalm is in between. Is that your guess?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a doxology. And I had, I've never really thought about it. I guess I haven't paid enough. Attention, um, to know that we we sandwich it there, but yeah, I mean it's a reminder. Sandwich—that's
1: that, the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thank
0: you. I mean, the Psalms are a different beast, right? Like, um, not to give any spoilers. Well, it's coming out Thursday. If you haven't done Monday's New York Times crossword, um, the the Psalms isn't is a clue. I mean, oh really? Yeah, and the clue—I forget exactly what it is, but it's you know uh, a song, a prayer, something. About that, and so like there's a there's a distinction here. and so we're setting it apart. We're not just reading scripture to learn about whatever. We engage the psalms differently. And so you know I see it as like we're preparing our hearts right to 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 pray these psalms, uh, which which I believe that's what we're doing. Um, the Beth Fain, my rector at my first church, um, that I served, she, when she introduced the Psalms was, it was always, we will pray the Psalm in unison or we'll Mm -hmm. pray the Psalm responsibly, um, because we're not just reciting this. And so I think that helps us get our mind, right. Yeah. that, That we're doing something a little different here.
1: Yeah. Well, there's much more to Psalm 51, but that's the good parts. Um, and the part that I don't know. I, I was just kind of hoping to encourage people to do daily devotions for individuals and families because I know like biting biting off morning prayer every morning might be a, much, a, a bit much for some. It's, it is for me. I just can't do it, but I can do this one page. Um, and so I encourage a lot of people always please look for that. If you're not an Episcopalian, go to Book of Common Prayer online and there's an app. You can download it. Um, and it's just like a wonderful way to welcome the new day. Um, and then there's stuff for the evening and night. We talked about this with Corey, um, last week about letting go with Compline of all the things that happened that day. And I, I do think our prayers are so important in that to recognize the good and the sinfulness that was there in the day because it's going to happen each and every day. It's going to happen. So. Any parting words from you?
0: No, I think, you know, we open this by talking about uh, spiritual practices to to help us during Lent. So if you're, you know, a day into this and you're still figuring it out, daily devotions for families, you can memorize it after not too long. It takes yeah. five minutes to get through. Um, yeah. It That's turns. a good
1: one. That's a great spiritual practice to take on for Lent. Yeah. Let's, so
0: I'll let's, link let's, to let's, that yeah. On the ECP website and, or you can find it. In your prayer book, yeah, I encourage you to do that. I'll try to do that. Um, I I used to be really good about it because I used to do it for work. Now I don't, Um, so maybe I'll. And it's
1: and it's also really good to get the kids involved with too. It's something they can um, participate in, and um, and youth, and you know, just getting them to pray because. You know, God knows all the things that are on our hearts, but it sure is good to have strengthen those those relationships with God as much as we can, to say those words out loud. Um, And the Psalms are a really important part of that. So I am enjoying our journey in the Psalms. Um, I'm enjoying that we're like skipping around and just like pulling out things that are speaking to us, all our awesome guests. Um, So keep on going on... The journey with us. And remember, as always, listeners, we love you, but most importantly, God does.